Welcome back to the boys dynasty fantasy football podcast. It's been a while. It's been probably over a month at this point. Last time we talked was just after the draft. It's in the the true dead season. We got OTAs, but nothing that exciting. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer. Back again with my other two co-hosts, my off-season co-hosts, Matt Kinney. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. And Brian Hen. What's up, everybody? We're almost there. We're getting there. Sub 100 days until we're back in the NFL season. I am so pumped. I love reading this, all these OTA news, like Tony Pollard lining up in the slot, Aaron Jones lining up in the slot, Naheem Hines, greatest potential to have the greatest receiving season of any running back this year. Traylon Burks not uh, not going to Titans minicamp. Drake London looking unguardable. <laughs> God. All these beat writers, I'm like sucked into it this year more than ever. It's been a fun offseason, but the news is it's it's tough. Like, yeah, there's not anything really reliable, but I still like reading it. Well, we have a great lineup for you today. Um, you know, we'll do a little mock. We'll do a mock draft at the end. I know everybody loves our mocks, so we'll get there. But the big theme of today is power rankings. So this is not dynasty power rankings. We'll do that in another episode looking out, I would say, beyond three years. Today's power rankings are for this year and next year. So combined next one to two years, what you're thinking about for the team's We'll go top to bottom. All three of us have put together rankings, some more complete than others, but I think we'll have a good discussion regardless. So I think we can go ahead and jump in. Number 10 should be an easy one. I think we all have the same pick. I think we talked about it beforehand, so I know we do. Mike Wood, rounding out the bottom. Brian, why don't you tell us about Mike's team, why he deserves to be there? Easy, easy answer. I think, you know, this was one of probably two or three slots that that we all felt very confident in right off the jump. And it does line up with Mike's strategy, but you can't, you know, you can't over the, overvalue that too much. He, he does have a pretty terrible team right now. And it's just his problem is just it's chock full of, you know, like what ifs. Like, what if this guy breaks out? What if this other player gets injured? So this guy, you know, his player gets more playing time, all this stuff. Like, I just think it's comical right now looking at his projected points for week one, because obviously, you know, we're way off into the future. But right now he has players in his, he has five players in his starting lineup. We'll go, we'll go six players in his starting lineup at eight points projected or less. Like that is really, really terrible. And they're, they're guys that I just like, there's not even a ton of projectability with them in my opinion, like Michael Carter, really, you know, tough break this off season. Mark Ingram doesn't look reliable. Who knows what Trey Lance is going to be. Noah Fant took a massive step down. Corey Davis is really uninspiring. There's just, in my opinion, not a lot to be excited about. So Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say that I was like, we had talked about this like last year, you know, prior to the draft and prior to offseason trades, you're like, oh, Mike's got, like Brian said, Michael Carter, like handling the Jets backfield. Not anymore. Oh, he's got Jalen Waddle had a crazy good season. Ah, insert Tyreek Hill to the Miami offense. Like, you know, um, I mean, his team has 
hopeful quarterbacks, but when we look at a two-year stint, like Mike can have all of the draft picks in the world. We've talked about this before, like the number of rookie picks that are immediate, like, you know, top 10 running backs, top 15 wide receivers are so slim that in a two-year outlook, it's, uh, it's grim. I mean, for sure. I, I think Mike's team is, he's got the four picks this year, four first rounders this year. But if you're looking at the board, like, and Mike is drafting for value, which I think Mike at this point should, you know, I'm not going to tell him how to run his team, but you would think if your team sucks, you should be drafting for value, not for need, right? Contention is a long way off. If Mike takes the right players at this position, he'll be drafting four wide receivers. Like, I feel very confident in that the four best players at these picks will be wide receivers. I don't think Kenneth Walker makes it to five. So there's very little hope for this year. And, you know, I don't, I, it'll be interesting. Cause every time I talk to Mike about his quarterbacks, he's like, I'm just hoping two of them turn out at the end of the day, having potential on your team is great, but you have to know when, to cash out. I don't think the off season right now is the time to cash out. You don't have to make that decision. And Mike got lucky with doing it with Sam Darnold last year that Sloan desperately needed a quarterback. And maybe that's what he's going for. Again, somebody gets a little desperate. They take a flyer on somebody who's going down. Maybe he's playing the long game, but I, we talked about it a little before we started recording, but Mike is so terrified of waffle house. I just don't see a way he goes into the season having far and away the worst team like I think for him he wants to win but I think he wants to avoid losing so much worse than he actually wants to win yeah no I agree and I think uh the what I what I've always been a little confused about is like he's hoarded all these quarterbacks which to me like there are some quarterback needy teams out there like speaking as the owner of one of them I and I would say Merida is even more quarterback needy than me. I would argue Matt is a little quarterback needy just in the you know in the long run. And man, if I were Mike, I would be selling these you know to these three teams. You know, like come take you know a Zach Wilson, come way overpay for a Zach Wilson, come overpay for a Tua, you know, something like that. And I just feel like every time I've engaged him on his quarterbacks, he, like you said, Josh, he's just looking to hoard as many as he can and see who turns out and. And I don't know. And maybe that's, maybe that's the right approach, but to me, I'd be, I'd be trying to, um, you know, recoup a lot of value from, from my backup quarterbacks right now. It just feels like a weird way to build a rebuilding roster. I don't know. I don't know because like, yes, having the quarterbacks is good and good quarterbacks are always going to be worth something, but you know, I think you feel pretty good about Trevor Lawrence you feel good, not great about Trey Lance, good, not great about Tua, good, not great about Zach Wilson. Like you said, Brian, there are people who are willing to pay for this right now. And I think Mike is just scared that he will hold on, that he will sell the guy who turns out to be great. And that's a tough place to be when your team, when your quarterback position is the only good position you have. Like, I guess maybe if one of them does turn out to be incredible, then maybe that's worth the value of all of them. But if he gets an incredible quarterback, I don't imagine he would actually be willing to trade him. So have you guys actually tried to trade for one of Mike's quarterbacks? Like what have you offered? What's been rejected? I'm curious. 
Uh, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Mike and I have had discussions before involving one of my quarterbacks and like, uh, you know, in my standpoint, if I'm going to give up a quarterback, I'm going to need a freaking quarterback in return. Um, And it's like very apparent that realistically there are only like of his five, like two of them that he's willing to give off, Um, which like I'm, you know, say what you will about them. Like I have my metrics on how I rate those guys. He has his, and I just don't like, we just don't see eye to eye on their values. So plus like, I'm not also looking to sell Lamar Jackson. And if I am, I'm going to ask for like your arm, your leg, and probably your left testicle. So you can't sell an elite quarterback <laughs> for an up and comer. I don't know. I just would feel really bad about that. Like yeah. there's, there's so many skill position players. There's 10 quarterbacks you realistically want to have on your team, regardless. What I would also like kind of to put a cherry on top of this conversation. What I think extra surprises me about Mike's strategy with this is like, he has Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes is like, exactly what you want in dynasty he's like guaranteed starter for the next 10 years barring injury so it's like you have one of your two quarterback positions we'll say one of your three needing to carry a backup one of your three quarterback positions is like the definition of lockdown and he's still playing super conservative and and you know relaxed with his with his four other quarterbacks that that just surprises me other thing too is that I feel like in return, Mike just wants more picks. Like he wants more picks for those guys. And it's like, I'm not willing to give up that much of my future capital, like for somebody like that, not knowing like what they can do, like with their new team or with their new offense or like, you know, with those guys. But it's also interesting just because the dude freaking has like, I don't know, 15 first or second round picks over the next two years. So Mike is always getting a pick in return. Like if there's a trade, he's getting a pick in return. doesn't matter if it's a third or fourth. He's like, he's getting there. Matt, let me pose a hypothetical to you. Mike comes, he says, I'll give you Trey Lance and Zach Wilson for Lamar Jackson. Do you accept that trade? I get both of them. Yeah. Shoot. Brian would not do that trade. He's saying no. I think Lamar Jackson falls in the same category as Pat Mahomes, where he's you know. just so much. I mean, I feel like I would need. And here's here's my thing. I I personally am not that high on Trey Lance. I think I interesting. I think Trey Lance is like a Walmart Lamar Jackson. Um, right now he's a Dollar Tree Lamar Jackson because we don't know like what type of franchise he could turn into. Um, and they just lost like the, you know, the guy pulling the strings to the whole offense. Like he's now in Miami. Um, so like, I'm not overly high on him. I do like Zach Wilson, but I don't even think like the two of them for, I would need a personally. I think I would need more. Yeah. I think it's a good starting point. I think Mike could get a really good quarterback if he was willing to sell both of those no players, yeah no but... yeah i think that's i think that's a good start like there's room for negotiation from there but that's uh... yeah for sure one one other quick hypothetical before we move on <laughs> you you brought this up josh but 
Um, so you mentioned how for his four picks in the draft, if he goes strictly based on best player available, he'll walk out with four wideouts. Assuming, assuming that Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall get taken, and we'll say Kenny Pickett too, get taken before pick five, and assuming that Mike does not trade any of his picks, does he walk out with four wide receivers? Yes or no? I just think if you're Mike, why would you reach on one of these running backs in the second round? Maybe you want to, but it's like, I don't, I don't, James Cook, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, I don't think any of the three of those guys are home runs, like have the potential to be studs, like absolute fantasy football studs. I think if you're, you know, realistically at one, five, six, you could get Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, Alave, and Dotson, Sky Moore, David Bell, any of those group of guys, like Christian Watson, like, one of those guys is going to be a stud. Like I feel pretty confident in saying that, that one of those four receivers you walk out with. So if I'm Mike, I'm not, yeah, I'm not playing it. I'm not playing. I'm not doing any safe picks, which is, you know, we'll get into it later. The Clyde pick, the Clyde trade was a little interesting to me from that perspective. feels a little safe just to try and build a little bit of a team, but you know, you do have to build a team at the end of the day. Having picks is great, but nobody wants to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. What do you think, Matt? I agree. Um, I think it's likely that he goes for four wide receivers. I just don't. I agree. I don't think you go running back. The only alternate hypothesis I could see, just because I don't think this is out of the scope of like Mike doing this, would be like because he no longer has – he doesn't have any second-round picks now, does he? No, it's just four in the first. I could see him like at eight, nine, like snagging, like his, you know, at eight snagging the like third wide receiver he really wants. And then at nine, like snagging who he thinks is the second best quarterback. Just to stockpile. I like, I don't, I'm not going to hold that out of the realm of possibilities, dude. I could see him going Malik Willis at nine just to like spite Austin or spite somebody else and be like, hmm. I mean, yeah. or, you know, if he thinks Desmond Ritter's like the clear cut number two, like taking Desmond Ritter at nine and yep. going from the- I could see it too. No way. No way. I'm saying no way that happens. Mike's not taking a quarterback and the top 10. We'll see. That's a bad, that's not a home run pick. <laughs> That's like a. I know it's not a home run pick, but I just feel like Mike's gonna be like, uh, four wide receivers, man. Give yeah. me some something. Different. He's gonna say, I could long term value, boom potential, like that reeks of Mike. I I agree. Well, I think we've talked about Mike's team. We're pretty down on it. I'm sure Mike's not gonna be feeling great listening to this. <laughs> He's got a lot of options. Let's move on to number nine, uh, Matt. Who's your number nine? You go first, then Brian, then I'll go last. Uh, my number nine is actually Brian. Mine is two. Mine is also Brian. <laughs> Consensus. Amazing. I'll, I'll let you two work, gentlemen. My biggest gripe with Brian's team, and I feel like this is the glaring issue that everybody sees, is the quarterback room. Um, Bad. Mac Jones had a good rookie season, but even then, like, I'm not fully confident to say he cracked being a top 20 fantasy quarterback. Um, I don't know that he makes the jump to be top 15, 
this year to like even put him as like a, you know, I think he's a nice piece moving forward. I feel like he like is going to be kind of steady flow, um, like a Kirk Cousins level. Um, but Marcus Mariota, I don't even feel good about this year. Like Gino in Seattle, ugh, Teddy, and especially like moving forward from there. Out of those three, are any of them actually going to be starters next year? I don't know. You know, should Brian get Kenny Pickett? Just more question marks than I'd like to see. Um, your bench is very, like, appalling to look at. <laughs> I just yeah. Get, Wide my, receiver five, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Running back four, Raheem Mostert. Like, yeah. things get dark pretty fast. Okay. I think Brian. I think Brian has some pieces to look forward to. Like, you know, I think Cam Akers, there's some mystery in there. Is he going to actually like be the guy that, you know, people think he can be? I don't know. Like Deontay Johnson took a weird hit with the uncertainty at quarterback. DK Metcalf took a really big hit. Um, Devontae Smith took a hit with AJ Brown entering the room. Like some names that you like, but just like situations that aren't as ideal as they were five months ago. Yeah, I totally agree, Matt. I don't love the quarterbacks, maybe the worst quarterbacks in the league for starting to. Even if Kenny Pickett comes in the quarterback room, I can't say I feel great about Kenny Pickett. Like, I think he will get the chance to start for sure, but I don't know when. I think like there's a very good chance it's not this year. It's not until next year that he gets to play. So, you know. The quarterback room is tough. You'll bring in Brees Hall as an RB and, you know, having Eckler, Cam Akers, Brees Hall, Elijah Mitchell, that is a very respectable running back core. Like, I think you feel pretty good about that. Elijah Mitchell being your fourth best running back. He's got some question marks, but, you know, he's, he's fine. Receivers, I think you have good players. The deep, you know, the rust leaving Seattle hurts. I think DK's a little bit of a question mark. Deontay's a question mark. Elijah Moore, you know, Brian, you actually got hammered by uh, the draft and free agency on the wide receiver aspect. All four of your starting wide receivers got pretty brutalized by signings and that sucks. So we'll see how those guys do. It's just, it's just questions. I know you like all of them, which is good. You know, you feel good about them, but what are your thoughts? Why'd you put yourself at nine? Um, I think, I mean, I think with the quarterback room that I have, there's, there's a ceiling on how high you can rank me in any kind of power rankings, just because of how quarterbacks drive, drive our league. Um, I see, I look at my bench a little differently in terms of like, you know, I think if you factor Brees Hall into my bench, I think if you factor, you know, either Kenny Pickett or Kenneth Walker or Traylon Burks, or Drake London into my bench and then the rookies I can get it early in the second round. I think, I think that starts to look a little cleaner than it does right now. Obviously a lot of the, you know, I have a lot of placeholders on my bench right now is what I would say. Um, I, I think I I'm kind of in the spot where like, so discounting quarterback, I really like my starting lineup. Like I, I run into the problem a lot in trades where like, you know, I'm looking to acquire a player, and the person I'm negotiating with wants one of my starters, obviously. And 
I'm just, I'm really hesitant to move for most of them. I mean, I, I agree. They're not, you know, they're not the best players at their positions. They're not the best, you know, you know, they didn't necessarily have the best off seasons or anything like that, but I, each of these guys has, has a skill set that I, I think has potential in, in the NFL. And I, situations are short term, you know, like just because they have a bad situation right now, doesn't mean that in, you know, by October, November, they don't have a great situation or, you know, next year they have a great situation. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about, you know, moves around the periphery because I think it's all about how these players develop individually. Um, but yes, the, the quarterback is kind of one of those, one of those spots that, uh, you know, I, I can, it doesn't matter how good the rest, how good I feel about the rest of my team when the quarterbacks are as bad as they are. I, I seriously fear a Mac Jones injury. I don't want to speak it into existence, but like that would put me to the point where I would probably have to pay any price that, you know, Mike wanted, or, you know, I would come crawling back to, back to you, Josh, for Davis Mills or, you know, something along those lines that that's going to really put me, uh, put me in my grave again. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of sticking to my plan. I feel like I've, I've worked to acquire the players that I have in my starting lineup. I, I don't regret getting any of them. And it's, it's, it was never a, never a compete in 2022 team. So I, I don't feel like I've, I've gone off course or anything. Do you think you can be competitive in 2023? No, probably 24. My gut. So here, here are my, uh, three goals for the next three years. So in 2022, it is don't go to Waffle House. In 2023, it is finish top six. And in 2024, it's make the playoffs. So that that to me is a successful kind of three-year plan. And I, I feel like I have I have the chance to 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 do that. So I, I'm not trying to set my sights too high. <laughs> respectable. Respectable. So Brian, let me come at you with a hypothetical. Okay. Say Mike midseason or maybe week three realizes he has the worst team, starts liquidating to be a little bit better this year, and surpasses your team in a clear enough way that you become clearly the bottom team. Do you accept the fate of Waffle House or are you so resistant to it at this point that you would start trading to try and avoid it as well. Um, so I, I think I would, I would probably accept it and, and stick with what I've got because with owning my, my first, you know, first round pick next year, I feel good that like, I feel like if I go to Waffle House again this year it will be because of my quarterbacks and my quarterback situation never really comes together. And so if that's the reason that I go getting, you know, a chance to take CJ Stroud or um, Bryce Young next year would be worth another trip to Waffle House. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, if the right deal comes into place, I'm going to do what I can to, to be picking at number two. <laughs> Fair enough. I think we should do one piece of advice for each team. I think we gave Mike plenty of advice. Yeah. Matt, what would your advice be to Brian? Then we'll move on to number eight. Oh man. Advice for Brian. 
one piece for his team, one move he should make, one thing you think he should look at? Um, I can go for Brian too. I, if you're yeah, you go, you go, you go first. You go first, Brian. You should trade Austin Eckler. <laughs> to you, <laughs> it doesn't have to be to me. So but give, give me your reasoning. If Austin Eckler gets injured this year, you will get nothing for him, and it, or very very little for him. And he and you just just announced your team's timeline of 2024. Austin Eckler would be 29 years old, I think, heading into the 2024 season. You can get good value for him right now. Great Not value from you. For me, for me, for me, you, you can get good for great value yet. Davis Mills in a 2023 first for Austin Eckler and Marcus Mariota is pretty damn good value. Matt, you think that's good value? He's 27. He's 27. <laughs> Whatever, I don't like David. Like, he's also you the, should... the reigning RB2 whose offense is going to explode. I mean, it's already exploded. They can't get Hashtag... any better. Hashtag bolts in the school. Yeah, it can. We actually have an offensive line. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you should trade Austin Eckler because your it's, whole team is on a similar timeline except for this one player. And I think that is the Dane. Like you, you can you can do that the wrong way if you're a competing team and if you're a contending or a rebuilding team. And I think you can get great value for him. So, you know, why not cash in on it? I don't know how much more you'd be able to get at the end of the, like at the trade deadline, if you're not making the playoffs, which is probably uh, when you would look to move him anyway. So if Austin, yeah. if Austin Eckler's having a freaking RB, a top three RB season again, I bet you could get some good value for him after like four weeks or so. But yeah, um, my piece of advice is don't take Kenny Pickett at two. Yes, that is a good one. That's a I good piece that of advice. Yeah, that I should and have here, said that. I, I was that going, yeah, I don't was take going, Kenny Pickett. I was going to say that, and then like you said, you go, and I was like, oh, he's going to take it. No, I don't. And here's my rationale for not taking Kenny Pickett at two. This is a good one. Quarterback is already a limiting factor on your team. Adding Kenny Pickett to the mix does not improve that right now, like in any way, shape, or form. Like, you know, he's not, I mean, he's getting third team reps. We're talking about these OTA, like, beat reps. <laughs> Kenny Mick, Kenny Pick is getting 13 reps behind freaking Mason Rudolph, um, who we know is not going to start. Like, does he have the ability to start in week 10? Like, yes. Like, down the road this season, maybe. But if the end result of your team, like, being bad, is that you're just going to take another quarterback at 1-1 next year, don't waste your time taking a quarterback at 1-2 and get yourself – freaking, you know, Drake London, get yourself Garrett Wilson, get yourself Traylon Burks, like Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Kenneth, like Kenneth Walker, double up on running backs. Like I don't care, but like I would would go a different route from Kenny Pickett to maximize your like timeline because you know, what's the, I mean, and you think about it too, worst case, like worst case scenario, if you don't finish worse, like realistically, you're probably going to be bottom three. You got to, good chance at getting i mean there's multiple cj Stroud, bryce young or two like at least we're penciling in surefire like studs with way better profiles than what kenny pickett could ever offer yeah so let me let me play this out for you guys real fast and you guys tell me which situation you think is worse so 
Situation A is I follow your guys' advice. Take call it Kenneth Walker, Drake London at two. Come middle of the season, I either suffer an injury, Desmond Ritter starts in Atlanta, you know, Geno Smith, you know, loses the quarterback battle to Drew Locke, whatever it might be. I'm stuck with one quarterback and I have to overpay for a bad quarterback to finish out the season. So add Kenneth Walker or Drake London, have to overpay for a quarterback, or B, take take Kenny Pickett, you know, reasonably have two starting quarterbacks the entire season, not have to overpay for somebody, but not, you know, probably have a net worst player overall from the number two pick. I don't understand why you're not considering the fact that Desmond Ritter is going to be available at 2-2 or 2-5. That's very true. Well, no, it's but I, I, I that has occurred to me, but I know Mike is a big Desmond Ritter fan, and Mike is not going to take Desmond Ritter in the top <laughs> ten. I will bet. I will lock it in. Lock it in. You want to bet ten dollars, Josh? I will bet you ten dollars. Okay. And and you can't partner with Let's, Mike how to about, have him. Actually, you can. You know what? I'd be happy if Mike took Desmond Ritter in the top ten. Ten ten dollars says that Desmond Ritter is not available at two two. Uh yeah okay deal deal. Okay. Deal. Okay, we we gotta I mean, move on here. here we gotta move on. Yeah, we're 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 going like we've been like fifteen minutes per, per team at this point. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, eight. I think this is where things start to get intense. We were talking about it beforehand. Brian felt good one and two, and then three to eight is a crapshoot. I felt good about one, two, three, four to eight is a crapshoot. Matt, I don't even think had an eight. He couldn't even be that confident in it. Brian, who did you have at eight? I had this might be a little bit of a surprise. This is a playoff team from last year. I have Austin Merida's team at number eight for this coming year. Couple of reasons, just some quick fire hitters. Uh, obviously, only two quarterbacks. You know, major risk for injury. Bye weeks are going to be rough. You know, lots could go wrong there. Um, and then, honestly, outside of Jonathan Taylor and Stefan Diggs, nobody. Nobody in his starting lineup just screams consistent starter to me. Terry McLaurin, big name. Don't love him with Carson Wentz. Plus, he's got the contract situation going on. Amari Cooper is, you know, a roller coaster. Rashad Penny is incredibly inconsistent. Devin Singletary, Saquon, you know, both, I would say, are boomer bust candidates. So, it just, I, I feel like I'm generally uninspired. I think it's a fair placement. I had Austin at seven on my list, so a bit of a spoiler, but I moving the playoff team to the bottom. My number eight was actually another playoff team as well. I had um, on good at number eight um, in our, in our league. And here's why. So quarterback play is good. I think by far and away, that's the best part of on goods team. I, like Joe Mixon, I think there's a decent enough chance Alvin Kamara is out six games this year. Maybe more. I don't know. He beat somebody really badly. Wide receiver is is a crapshoot. I mean, there's very few. I mean, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Michael Thomas, you don't know what you're getting there at all. Like maybe RB2, maybe RB3. Like, I mean, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. It's tough. 
I, I just don't know if the quarterback play is enough to carry. And Joe Mixon had a career year last year. The first year he hasn't actually gotten injured. I just don't think we consistently see that he's getting a little bit older. I don't know. I'm just not that confident in that team. I'm looking at it and it's not a bad team for sure. The quarterback play is good enough, but I think it's teetering on the edge of being near the bottom. And I, and I do think three to eight will be very close. So I could easily be wrong about this, but I'm good at eight. So I actually had an eight written down um, and it's neither of yours. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Mine also a playoff team. I have Colin at eight. Yep. I had Colin at eight and then I changed it because I was like, is this wrong? Like (laughs) I, I stuck with my gut. The first three things I wrote down, Mike, Brian, Colin, my reason. So his core, his trio, he honestly, I think has the best trio of quarterbacks, like in the entire league, Justin Herbert, Russell, Wilson, so good. Derek Carr. Like that is God tier. They're so good. I will come. Like I, we gave Colin high praise for making the trade with Josh to like get some more youth on his team. But I still look at like what he has rumor reports from Washington. Like, I don't know that Antonio Gibson's going to be a workhorse. Tennessee is not a like place. I want a wide receiver right now. No, like even Traylon Burks realist. Like, like he, I think he has high value going forward but Robert Woods off an ACL tear in Tennessee, like doesn't inspire me. Darren Waller had a bad year and they just added Devonte Adams to the mix um, to take up touches. My, the Eagles just added a wide receiver, so they might be throwing more. Plus they have like the most greediest running quarterback in the entire NFL. Um, Kareem Hunt is a number two in Cleveland and Adam Thielen is like to the point where I feel like he's going to need a walker in a year or two. Plus you look at his bench, his best bench player is Naheem Hines. Yeah. Like bye weeks happen, any type of injury he's screwed. He also does not have a first or a second this year. No first round pick next year. Like I just don't, I don't think we're going to see the same Colin we did not to say that Colin's team is bad. Like I think CD lamb is going to explode. I think his quarterbacks are going to hold serve. I think Javante Williams is going to be really good. But from a two-year standpoint, like, I don't think he's going to be. I'm not convinced he's going to be good this year. And next year, I don't think it's going to get much better. I totally agree. I don't know why he made that trade when he had 1-6. I felt like that was the perfect piece for his team Mm -hmm. to have 1-6 because – he could get a really good young receiver. Like you're for sure getting one of Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, or Traylon Burks at one six. So why would you not just take one of those guys? I maybe Cole Komet is good, but like, man, when you have Darren Waller, I don't know. That was a super weird trade for me. I, I would be interested to know what Colin thinks of his team, like what his plans are right now. Cause the whole trade he did with me like indicated I'm going young, but then that trade was like, no, I still want to win this year. Mm-hmm. So felt a little weird to me. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to seven here. Josh, who do you have at seven? Yeah. I guess you already revealed it. Didn't you? I have Austin. Yep. Who you got, Brian? Um, this is where I have Angad coming in. So I, I, th- I would parrot all the stuff that you said as well. I, I, you know, love his quarterbacks, but, 
I and you know running backs are solid up once Kamara's back, but I just there's just so little faith I have in a lot of these wide receivers that um, it's hard to see him him finishing in the playoffs again, just because I don't think there's the depth there that he's going to need. Um, you know, too many too many players with questionable situations. Yeah, do you have Matthew? I have Austin. I have Austin at seven. Um, for many of the reasons that were previously stated, where the heck is his team? Um, I think Jonathan. I mean, Jonathan Taylor might be the best. Might honestly be the best running back, like in the NFL. But like Stephon Diggs, I really like Saquon. You have to put the health piece on. If Terry's in Washington, I think he's still going to be fine. If he's not in Washington and they end up like moving off of him in a trade, like that helps him out. But Cook going to Buffalo kind of hinders Singletary. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does at one seven. You like to hope Ron Dale can like be in the mix more. Damian Harris is still like yeah. enough to warrant like a flex play, maybe. Um, but I just I think Austin's team is going to like hang around. Like, I think he's still going to be like a fringe playoff team, but like this season, but I think his scope next season um, is like pretty gloomy. Something that concerns me too about Austin's team is um, Jonathan Taylor had the worst running back one season in like five or 10 years in terms of total output. So it's like, even if he, and, and you got to think that's with um, a Colts team that's probably going to, you know, probably through, through the ball five to 10 times less last season than they will in this upcoming season. Frank Reich has already talked about how, how big a role Naheem Hines is, is going to have. Although I granted, I, I feel like that's probably more in the passing game than in the running game, but I just think there's too much, you know, like even if he repeats what he did last year, he's probably not RB one again. It's you know, there's probably at least one or two guys ahead of him, and I just think that's a lot of eggs in one basket to you know bank on Taylor being as dominant as he was. I agree, Brian. Mm-hmm. You have uh, let's do what would your piece of advice for Austin's team? He probably won't listen to this, so it'll be more for our sake. But who do you think? Uh, what, what would you do if you're Austin right now? See, I uh, it's this is going to be funny because you're it's going to coincide with your guys's uh, advice to me. But to me, it's draft a quarterback at, with his first first round pick, whether that's Kenny Pickett or whether it's you know somebody else. I to me, like he's just risking not having a quarterback, you know, ready for his bye weeks, and I feel like he pretty much needs to take everybody else off his board and, and get somebody that he can start at some point this year. Matt, what's yours? Um, I honestly wasn't really listening to Brian's piece of advice, so I might be repeating everything exactly he said. I don't think he should draft a quarterback at seven. I think he should piece seven with somebody else to get a like current quarterback. If that makes sense. Like yeah. use- some type of package to get somebody because you can't just have Tannehill and Stafford. And I honestly don't even think Tannehill is going to be the quarterback in Tennessee next year. Like I think he's out of a job. Yeah. 
I could see Austin going Malik Willis at he's at he picks it. No, he doesn't have a second rounder. Never mind. So I don't think nope. he'll be able to pick there. I thought he was picking at two, three for some reason. Yeah, I think both of those pieces are good. I think we'll we'll quickly give some advice to on good. My advice for on good, you know, I would say for on good, just stay steady in the meantime. That's my advice. I think there's a lot of uncertainty at the receiver position. Jerry Judy, Michael Thomas, Mike Williams, I think are a bit of wild cards, even Hunter Renfro to an extent with the Devontae Adams signing. So I would say just hold for now. Don't make any big moves. Don't blow it up. I think easily you could be somewhere in playoff contention at the end of the season. So even though you're number eight, I think there's not that big of a drop. All righty. Who do we have at number six? I'll go first. I had Matthew. I had Matt Kinney at number six, and here is why. I had. I think Matt. I think your quarterbacks are good mm. for this year, and I personally am. I think Lamar Jackson is incredible, but the running quarterback, like at that kind of volume, is scary. You know, injury is always a possibility, and if Lamar Jackson goes down. Daniel Jones is not somebody you want to be relying on as a starter. You have two good running backs. I'm a little bit more worried about Cordero this year and three wide receivers. I'm just worried about the depth piece is really what it comes down to. I think the content, the best teams in the next one to two years have the depth where they could lose one or two key players and still have an elite lineup you know, obviously this is the crapshoot part of fantasy football, but I don't think if you get any significant injuries, if Najee goes down, if AJ Brown goes down, if David Montgomery goes down, I think things could turn south pretty quickly. Who'd you guys have at six? I had uh, Colin at six. So yeah, I feel like we've litigated Colin fairly well. I would say I agree with most points. So Matt, who do you have at six? I had on good at six. Yep. Already talked about on good. So, how what yeah, are your a pretty good job with on, six, seven, eight? Yeah, yeah. We did. what are your Matt? What are your thoughts on Josh's uh, appraisal of your team at six? Um, well, in all honesty, I had myself at five, so I barely have myself a little bit higher than what Josh thinks of my team. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think the biggest thing hurting my team, especially when we talk to your outlook, is like, what the hell is Tom Brady going to do? Like, is he still going to be here? Is he not going to be here um, is the big thing. Um, you know, I will agree having my third running back being Cordero is not something that I like am overly looking forward to. Um, you know, in a perfect world, I'm hoping that Dylan like really wants to take a wide receiver um, and that Kenneth Walker can come to me at four because I think that, fixes that situation like pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as wide receiver goes, like I think Brown Higgins and Robinson um, are a solid trio. I wouldn't say they're like anywhere near like the best, like threesome um, in the league, but I think they're, they're quality enough. Um, you know, Kadarius, Tony, um, I was really excited when I got him, um, but not as excited now. I just like, Yeah. It is what it is. Um, I'm still, I still really like Russell Gage in Tampa as like a filler for 
a like flex spot. I also still think Josh Palmer is like taking the reins on like the number three spot in LA. Um, and with how much they're going to like, just like let Justin Herbert throw the ball. I'll take my chances. I mean, again, I don't think he's anything more than a flex or like a streamer on a buy, yeah. but just somebody there, um, you know, should Lamar go down? I do have his backup. Huntley performed well last year. Like he did well in like the three weeks he had to start. Like he put up a 35 point week last, last season. Um, so like I feel covered if Lamar's the one that goes down, like I'm going to have somebody to play. That's not Daniel Jones. I will say if I'm starting Daniel Jones and he's the Daniel Jones that he's <laughs> two seasons, like I'm in a world of hurt. Um, I think I'm, like I said, I think I'm a middle of the pack team because there's the, the overshadowing and like the dark cloud that Tom Brady could retire again. And now I'm in a world of hurt for needing a, a starting quarterback because Daniel Jones might not be a starting quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Matt, my piece of advice to your team would be, I think just be flexible. You know, I think you have a good enough team to contend, but I, you know, there's probably some pieces you can sell off for decent value in the middle of the season. So be ready. I think you just take best available at four. I think you're fine there. Getting a good player is all you really need. So I think you're in a good enough position. You know, you got really lucky that Tom Brady came back. If not, I think you would be like, it would be an incredibly stressful year. So maybe keeping that in the back of your mind as well, that at any chance, the only reason your quarterback room is good could be like, it could be over after this season. So, you know, yeah. that's part of being flexible too. Brian, who'd you have a five? Um, I uh, had, I had Matt at five actually. Yep. So you know, right in line with what, what we've been talking about. And I feel like um, my, my general, you know, advice to Matt would be um, this may, this may come as a little bit of a shock, but uh, I would, I would seriously look into trading Tom Brady a couple of weeks into the season to a contending team on like, hate to throw this out there, but like Josh comes to mind, as as a you know as as a team that's going to be going for it this season, and I feel like if you are able to swing a deal for where where you dump Brady for either you know a first round pick and a quarterback you know a quarterback that that has a has a starting outlook in twenty twenty three you know a first round pick and a young asset two young assets something along those lines I feel like the rest of your team has a really really consistent timeline. Where like you have you have excellent young players that can help you stay competitive now, and you have you have assets that that can mature into really good players. So it's like I feel like if you added one or two other pieces to to that timeline, you would be you'd be set up for success for quite a long time. I feel like right now you're you're kind of stuck in that that middle ground where like we always talk about the Pacers being in the middle ground. They're always you know, good. They're normally good enough to make the playoffs, but they're never good enough to actually win anything. I feel like your team is is kind of stuck in that that mediocre middle zone, and you know, dealing Tom Brady might push you down to the bottom third of the league for this season, but it might set you up long term for for better success. And I feel like 
if we've learned anything from this league, it's that you got to be aggressive and proactive with your quarterback room. And I feel like sitting and waiting it out for Daniel Jones to lose his starting job and Tom Brady to potentially retire next season is being reactive instead of proactive. I totally agree, Brian. I heard Matthew Barry say the other week that if you're in a dynasty team in a dynasty league, you should be doing one of two things, all out contending or all out rebuilding. So yeah, something to keep in mind. Yeah. Who do we got a four? Who'd you have a four, Matthew? Um, I have Sloan at four. I also have Sloan at four. There we go. Three for three. Yeah. I mean, I'll go first on Sloan. Assuming health, I mean, he's got some good young players on the bench. IU, Gabriel Davis, Brandon Cooks. I like all three of those guys. Top end talent is elite. Devontae and Tyreek are awesome. CMC, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. Those are three top 10 running backs, I think, for this year. The only thing holding him back is he has the worst tight end in the league and maybe the second worst quarterbacks in the league. I think probably the second worst. I was thinking he might be better than you or you might be better than him, Brian, but I think yours are still lower than Kirk Cousins is is better. But yeah, I think his QB room is so bad, but I don't, he has no flexibility to improve it. Like I think he's super locked into his roster uh, at what it is if he wants to contend, but I think he's got the skill position players to do it. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I feel like he is one more elite player away from being uh, a serious title contender for this year. Like his court, like, especially if you were able to somehow swing a, an upgraded quarterback, but I feel like he, he talks a lot about how he's so desperate for a quarterback and like, I, and I get it. Like none of them are awesome, but he has a very good chance at having five starting quarterbacks. Like there, there is a way that this breaks where he has five starters, or at least at you know, players that start at different points during the year. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't think it's quite as big of a need as he, he seems to think it is. And I love, I like his flexes probably better than most anybody else in the league. I think he's got great top end talent. Like I think he just needs one or more, you know, one maybe two more elite players, and he's going to be set up to to compete this year. Yeah, Matt. I think I think the only thing that could stop like Sloan's competitiveness this year, I think, only gets like destroyed by injuries again. Um, You know, from especially from a two year outlook, like a lot of these guys are still going to be in their primes and like should be producing high levels next year as well. But again, you go outside of that, like outside these two years, now we're talking, you know, Dalvin cook is 28. Christian McCaffrey is 28. Tyree kill is now 30. Devonte Adams is 31. Leonard Fournette is 29. Like, all of those guys, like Sloan has to be win now this year and win now next year. Um, I think this year bodes well for him. But, you know, we talk like the best thing to have in a quarterback is like outlook for the future. Not fully convinced that Jared Goff is going to be the guy, unless he shows otherwise this year, is going to be the guy in Detroit. Like there's honestly rumors right now that Baker could be going to Carolina to overthrow Sam Darnold, which, you know, knocks one of those two out. Like there's no way drew lock is a long-term solution in Seattle. Like 
I think, I think next year could get pretty grimy for him at the quarterback spot, but like the rest of his starting lineup, anybody would love to have. I totally agree. I think he has, I mean, he's the, he's probably the only team that is immune to having bad quarterbacks because his skill position players are so good. I think you're right, Brian, about needing one more piece. I just don't know how Sloan gets it. I mean, I think he'd have to trade Gabe Davis, Ayuk. I don't even know what other young assets he had. He'd have enough to get another like star-ish player. So Chase I think Edmonds clearly takes the reign like within the first two weeks in Miami. Like that, I mean, not that he has to give up Chase Edmonds, but I've yeah. read stuff that says Chase Edmonds is the lead guy. Like they just paid him a lot of money to yeah. come over there. So yeah, I agree. And he's got Miles Gaskin too, if he takes the lead there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, he's if he if one of those four guys I think gets injured, I'd say no chance just because I think he's dependent upon those four stud skill players, Leonard Fournette kind of being just outside that group, but I'd say he's close. Brian, what's your advice to Sloan's team? Uh, my advice to Sloan uh, is do not trade your 2024 first round pick. <laughs> I know he is going to be tempted to do that. And honestly, I'm probably somebody that's going, and I will say I have tried to tempt him to do that. And I will tempt him to do that again, but I just, I, and you know, maybe it's worth it if you win a championship this year, but if, if he trades that 2024 first round pick and, you know, to Matt's point and, you know, these players, you know, progress past their primes in two years, like Sloan's roster is going to be so barren that like, I, I just worry for him if he deals that pick. But like I said, if that pick is what gets him the player that, pushes them over the top for, for this season, maybe it's worth it, but that would be my advice. Matt, Josh, what do you guys think? Matt, go ahead. My advice would be don't trade your 2024 second round pick <laughs> either. <laughs> I like for that the one. Exact same reasons. Like I think, I think, I think if he's going to upgrade like a bench player, like I feel like he can do that without, giving up a first or a second in 2024. He could scheme some stuff together. Yeah. Josh, my, tell, give your advice, and then I have a question for you guys about Sloan's team. My advice for Sloan is don't trade Tyreek Hill um, because I just think you're not going to get anything better in return probably for this year, and your window is this year. So I don't know what you're really going for. Uh, by trying to trade Tyreek. You're not going to get a better player unless you sacrifice your depth, which you can't really afford to do. So I think we're so, all just telling Sloan not to trade. Is that's, the... that, that is exactly what my question was going to be, was give me your pitch for why trading Tyreek Hill is a good good idea. Because I, I haven't been able to piece it's it not. together. Yeah. I think I've tried <laughs> even texting about it. He doesn't even respond. So I don't even think he really wants to. I think when he was, he told me he wanted to try and get Justin Jefferson. And I was like, dude, you're going to have to like sell your whole team to get that player. I think there's no better, there's no more perfect player right now for Sun's team than Tyree kill. Yeah. Same window. Great player. Like, yeah, just told him. 
What do you think? I uh, I te- he well he texted me actually about trading Tyreek and I you know gave him a counter offer. He said he was disrespected by it. I apologized. We kept trying to negotiate, and then he just out of the blue goes, "I want Mac Jones." I say, "What do you want? What do you like? What are you willing to give up for Mac Jones?" And then he says, uh, "He's almost as bad as Dylan because he goes." Well, you know, I, I can't even look into that until Saturday night. So I'll get back to you on Saturday night. I'm like, <laughs> this is, it's not as bad as Dylan, but it's close. <laughs> we can negotiate with Sloan one night a week. Yeah, that's true. Sloan did the same thing to me. I was like, oh, I'll trade you for Tyreek. And he was like, I can look at this on Saturday night. I was like, dude, it's fucking Tuesday right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is, this is not how it works in my world. This is like an hour by hour thing. Yeah. yeah. Every day is Saturday. Exactly. All right, who we got at three? We're getting into the – this is the real contenders now, in my opinion. Yeah. Tom. I got Tom. Tom as well. I think it's the top three. I think these are – Tom is the end of the real contenders. I think he's got good depth, great running backs, good wide receivers, a good tight end. Like, I think he's got all of the makings of a great contender for this year. Somehow, Tommy has done it. I mean – there's a decent chance Tommy could go back to back here, which would be, it would break the league, I think. But I, I, I love his team. I think it's, I do too. If even Justin Fields doesn't even have to be that good this year, I like Jameis, honestly, with a much better receiving core. Like, I think there's upside across mm-hmm. his team everywhere. It's young, but it's, it's, it's still got some older assets. I think he's even a, a good enough dynasty team as well. So, I like a lot of it. What do you guys think? I'm just like crying of jealousy when I sit here looking at him stashing Mike Evans, Tyler Boyd, Amon Ross St. Brown, Rashad Bateman all on his bench. And I at least two or three of those are would probably be my third or fourth best starter. Um, I I think his only his only Achilles heel is like an injury at running back. Because, like, if Chubb goes down or Henry is, like, really hampered from, you know, his injuries last year, like, James Conner's good, but, like, I don't see him repeating the season he had last year. That's, like, you know, that's a pretty big step down from one of your two starters to James Conner. And then I don't think James Robinson plays that big of a role at all. And then there's just – there's nothing on his bench. So that could could get dicey, but – I don't know. It's pretty strong. What do you think, Matt? I I concur. I think, like, you look at the younger assets and it's like, yeah, Henry's a little older, but the dude is, like, built like a freaking army tank that, like, I honestly feel like Derrick Henry's, like, Derrick Henry's 28 year, like, that most people end up having is going to be, like, 31 for him. Like, he's just that type of dude. Um, you know, um, unlike Brian, I actually think James Conner can and will repeat what he did last year, mainly because his like number two is gone and there is no second fiddle to like, like, yeah, he got a bunch of short yardage, like touches, and he was like really helped out by a bunch of touchdowns. Um, but there is no chase Edmonds now to like eat away at like getting to the end zone. Um, is it going to be exactly the same? No, but I don't think he falls off that much. 
Um, but I 100% agree with Brian. The fact that he can stick Rashad Bateman and Amon Ross St. Brown on his bench right now and, like, have no reservation about it. Like, Mike Evans is obviously going to start and not James Robinson. But, like, his wide receiving core and depth is so good, you know. Um, the only thing that gets Tommy Dicey is if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire at the end of the season. But even then, I still feel like – He's going to, he has the assets to overcome that. Like Jameis, you know, really good third quarterback and just really impressed with his team. Yeah. Just the luck of that Amon Ra and Rashad Bateman picks in the startup draft. I don't think any of us really who are really into it knew how to value the rookies in that draft. And I think we like let a lot of them like Kadarius Tony going in the 22nd round, like, I don't think we really knew what we were doing. Uh, definitely. He, he capitalized on it. Okay, quick. What's your, what's your advice to Tom? Go ahead, Brian. Okay, so my advice to Tom is uh, drop some combination of Jake Fromm, Andy Dalton, Jordan Howard, Daria Gunbawale, and go pick up two guys specifically, two running backs. Go pick up uh, Daryl Williams in Arizona for your handcuff to uh, James Conner. Go pick up Kenyon Drake, just handcuff, you know, still maybe a fringe, you know, flex option, but also a handcuff to a running back who routinely misses a couple games a season. Go, I would say Matt Brida is probably a fine other handcuff as well. I feel like all three of those are better options on your bench than Daria Gumbawale, Jake Fromm. You know, guys like that. I, those are, I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody's going to be looking to roster Jordan Howard, Agumawali, or from. And I think there are some really solid running back handcuffs that could potentially get him out of trouble if one of his star running backs goes down. I like that advice. I think my advice to Tommy would be, you know, just hold, which is what you love to do. But, man, I think you've got a good team, even with injuries. I don't think you really need to do anything. So, lucky you, because I think if you did have to do stuff, you probably would want to quit the league. So, proud of you. Matt, what would you say? Uh, my advice would be to have Merida's number ready to dial on a whim the second the news that Deshaun Watson is not playing this season. Dylan has Deshaun Watson. I know. But Tommy has Jacoby Brissett. Oh, I like it. Okay. Have Merida. I and this is this is also stemming from I don't think Baker stays in Cleveland. Put an asterisk on it that Baker is no longer in Cleveland. Once the NFL comes down, which I I personally think they will. When they bring the axe and say, Deshaun Watson, you are not playing this many games, you know, get what you, I'm not saying you have to hold Austin to like, you know, by break his balls, but get some type of running back piece. Go get Damian Harris for Jacoby Brissett. Like, you know, doesn't have to break the bank, but get yourself like a depth piece that just like solidifies you as, the top dog. 
I like it. All right. Number two, final stretch. Actually, let's go number one first. Who do you guys have at number one? Because then number two, we know it's it's still and I that are left. Who'd you guys have at number one? Al, you can go first. I have you at number one, Josh. I have you as number number one as well, Josh. I also have me as number one. Um, I wish I wish all of you could see his like could have seen his smirk as Brian and I said we have Josh at number one. Why do you guys okay. have me at number one? Yeah, why? Uh, you go first. Um, I mainly have you at number one due to like. Dylan's team is full of outside of Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, and I think you can make an argument for DeAndre Swift. Dylan's team is full of like very good complementary pieces that I'm not fully convinced have it all put together right now or for next year, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I look at Josh Jacobs. Is Josh Jacobs a good running back? Yes, but the dude cannot stay healthy. The Raiders just added another passing game piece, probably going to deter from him. Christian Kirk just got paid, but he's in Jacksonville. I I still don't think he's going to be all that good. Kyle Pitts. Incredible dynasty asset is in Atlanta with Marcus Mariota. I don't like, I don't think we can expect him this year or potentially even next year to be like, you know, a top three tight end piece. Um, I think Marquise Brown is really nice. I think Michael Pittman's really nice, but again, like changes of scenery, you never know. Um, I'm still not fully convinced that Travis Etienne and JK Dobbins are just going to like roll out the gate as like, top 10 running backs or even top 15 running backs, like right off the bat. Um, and Cortland Sutton gets hurt every single year. So. But Matt, why'd you have me at number one? Yeah. You spent too much time talking about Dylan's team. Yeah. Matt. What about my team, Matt? Come on. <laughs> Let's talk about the best team in the league in the preseason. <laughs> Obviously things yeah. can change quite, I, quite quickly. Preseason. Um, I think your quarterback room is like, I mean, your top two, like I would say, I would argue the only team that could contend with you is Colin. And I like Kyler and Burrow better than Herbert and uh, Russ. I think your running backs have a really good, like when, like within a two year stretch, I think you have a team like Sloan's that has the quarterback pieces to elevate it to the top. So from a two-year standpoint, like, I think you have a team that Dylan should hope to have in, like, 2024. You know, I think I think your window to maximize is this year and next year. I think Dylan's hope is that he's the top dog in, like, 24, 25, 26. But I think it's tough to compete when you've got, you know, Kelsey and Cup and, like, guys like that. Yeah, what do you think, Brian? I'll go last. Yeah, so um, I w- I chose you at number one just because I think you have the most the highest floor of any team. Where 
I think you have the most players on your roster that even if they all collectively have, you know, quote unquote down years, I think they're still, you know, top 10 to 15 players at their position, which I think is enough to win, you know, win championship. Because I, I look at it as like Kyler, Joe Burrow, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Cooper Cup, Debo, Travis Kelsey, to me are all very, very high floor players, barring injury, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm honest. I feel like I'm probably not as big of a fan of your depth as, as probably I think you are. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's enough to like cover holes and stuff. Um, there's, you know, like I, I'm really not a DJ Moore fan, but I think he's fine to, you know, plug into a flex. I'm, you know, I'm really, really out on anybody on the bears. Uh, so, you know, Darnell Mooney's low to me, Marlon Mack, I'm, I'm unsure of, but I think like those, those three combined with guys like, like Godwin and Hopkins when they come back and, and Tim Patrick and all them, like you have enough to, to plug holes when you need to. So I, I, you know, I think there are a couple of teams with better depth, but I, I, yours is enough to, to cover any issues. And I think your top end talent is, is probably second to none. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I, I think there's, you know, if I'm, if I'm betting on a team, I'm going to bet on the team that I, I see have having the highest floor in the league. Yeah. I mean, I'm my running back room is pretty weak right now. I think just because I traded Clyde, it it's worse than what it was. Clyde was a fine RB three to have. I have six picks this year, so I think I'll be able to pick up some players that will help, or if not, trade for some players that will help. You know, I really prioritized getting winning players. I mean, my additions this offseason were Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, DJ Moore, and DeAndre Hopkins, right? Those are like six players that you'd think would help win now. So the wide receiver is really deep. You know, I have six really good wide receivers, I think. Um, So I have some flexibility to trade there for what I need, and I still have a lot of picks. So I think there's a lot of versatility. I have a question for you, Jeff. What I maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I feel like you had somewhat of a philosophy change this offseason. I feel like last year and at the beginning of this offseason, you were very much, you know, looking, you wanted to compete now, but like you really were looking to build this like kind of long-term dynasty that that would stay, you know, in the top four to five consistently year in year out and it feels like now you've kind of shifted to more of a two to three year approach is that like do you agree with that statement and if so like considering the fact that we all just discussed how pretty much there's you know six or seven teams that we can all you know move around in this league like what makes you think that that going for it now is the right decision yeah, I think I just, I think it was really the trade with Colin when that came up. I don't think I was really gunning for anything like that, but it just kind of came through and I was like, you know, this is my chance. Like my team, I felt like last year I thought it, I had one of those teams and I've had this before in fantasy where I thought it was better than what it actually would do on a weekly basis. Like I looked at my roster and I was like, oh, this guy's good. This guy's good. This guy's good. But like good guys don't really help you in fantasy. So I was like, I don't know if I try and have like this Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, CD Lamb to a lesser extent, this 1.06 pick. Like I don't, there's no, 
like I had no great players on my team last year, really. Like just nobody was really great. I mean, outside of Kyler and Joe Burrow, I guess, but outside of those two, it's just kind of the middle. I think the only mistake I could have potentially made by doing this trade is by doing it in the beginning of like before the season started. Um, but I really didn't feel confident that a lot of the players I was getting rid of that were younger would hold the value into the season. So that's kind of why I did it. But I think you're right, Brian. I did adjust. I still feel like I have a pretty good dynasty team just because the quarterbacks and I still have some good young wide receivers. Um, I have enough picks, but you know, I think I just wanted to balance it out a little bit more rather than just like trying to build the perfect dynasty team, just trying to build a team that I think had a good chance to win. Okay, should we do quick pieces of advice? Should we do both teams? Should we deep dive on Dylan real fast, or what's? I'll, I'll, I have, I have a thought on Dylan's team, and I think yeah. the only reason I felt Dylan's team was a clear second to my team was because I don't feel confident that Deshaun Watson is going to play this year. In fact, I feel pretty confident that he won't be playing this year. If Deshaun was, I think Dylan would be a pretty, it would be pretty close because Josh Allen and Deshaun are probably the two best that's the best QB pairing in the league in my opinion yeah no I would agree with that I I think Dylan is one of the deeper teams in the league though I I I do like his depth and I I feel like he's got a good a good mix of consistent players and then you know guys that that could break out my biggest biggest issue with Dylan like the my own honestly it's my only issue with Dylan's team is like He's got really nice depth, but I, I honestly don't necessarily know that you can differentiate like what his, you know, exclude Justin Jefferson, exclude DeAndre Swift. Like, I don't honestly know that you can for certain say these are absolutely the next five guys that have to be in his starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And you can say maybe that's luxury with matchups. And whatever, like, oh, I'm going to play this matchup or this matchup. But I feel like, like, in terms of crap shoots, like, it's a coin toss every week on, like, oh, do I start Christian Kirk or Marquise Brown or Michael Pittman or J.K. Dobbins or Travis Etienne or Cortland Sutton or Chase Claypool or Tony Pollard? Or, you know, I'm like, I would, I would rather be in a position where, like, I have the luxury to have pieces like that but I also find some comfort in knowing like, look, these are my dudes. This is who I'm rolling out. Like let's go score some points. And I have to think about what ifs. Yeah. Oh, I, should yeah I, I think that my advice for Dylan is package two or three of your, your premium depth pieces for a top end talent. I think there's, you know, some combination of, you know, uh, let's call it Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, Cortland Sutton, Chase Claypool. That can be packaged for for a pretty solid, you know, pretty pretty consistent top five player at either, you know top five running back, top five wide receiver. Totally. What's your advice for uh, Dylan C. Matthew? Honestly, I feel like my advice would be to second exactly what Brian said. I think you can make, I think he needs to make his picture a little more clearer. Cause I, I, I do think he has pieces to be able to like compete and contend right now. Um, like this upcoming season, I just think he needs to get some better top end talent. Yeah. 
and he's got pick one three. Like he's gonna get a really good asset in this draft. Right. Or I mean, if he doesn't want like that asset, like you could easily find somebody who would be willing to like trade off. I feel like he could easily find someone who'd be willing to take like one three and a different player for a current proven like guy you know like not to say that he needs to trade one three but i don't think he should hold that out of the realm of possibilities totally my advice to dylan would be to not trade with mike because there is nothing mike can offer you dylan that will be helpful for you (laughs) mike's gonna love that i do love the uh little personal vendetta that you have against mike doing well in this league (laughs) mike wants me to do at Equally as badly as I want him to do. So I I have no (laughs) doubt the feeling is mutual. Yeah, that's probably fair. What's your guys' advice for me? Then we can do a quick draft and call it. Uh, My advice for you is uh, to move on from Calvin Ridley to get yourself, you know, one last piece to, you know, get yourself over the top. I think Calvin Ridley is a a nice piece. I like, you know, but I, I worry that, his value could plummet if things, you know, if he does not come back as, as strong next year, I think you cash in now while it's still fairly high. I like that. What'd you say? What would you say, Matthew? Um, honestly, I feel like my piece of advice would be to like be willing to take I'm not saying I don't want you to trade him to me because I don't want him, but like be willing to get rid of Davis Mills, but for not as like high of a price that you have him at. Like, I just don't think that Davis Mills is a necessary piece. I think with all the second round picks you have, like, I don't see any reason why, like, you know, I am also on board that Desmond Ritter is not going to go in the top 10, (laughs) top 10. (laughs) Um, And that you could easily take him. Um, you know, like obviously you want to have a like a third quarterback and hopefully like Mitch Trubisky just like holds on to the job for you. But I think you could get a pretty nice, like like a good enough payout for Davis Mills to justify like getting rid of him and not like just like trying to like break the bank over it. Yeah. So that's that's what I would do. Fair advice. I like it. I think both pieces are good. Brian, you and I can talk about Calvin Ridley later. Um, (laughs) let's do a, let's do a quick 20 pick mock. We're not going to discuss too much. I think we should try and be done in like five minutes. Let's do it. Maybe faster. Brian, you have 1.1. You go first. We'll go me, Matt, Brian in that order. No snake. Brian, kick us off. Okay. Uh, Brees Hall. Matt, how you going? Can you guys know where I can go to like, look at what the draft order is. Uh, go and do so a I can, mock. Yeah. I can just start my own mock. Yeah. Start mocking. Yep. Am I going second after Brian? Yeah. Uh, Drake London. Yeah. I just feel like you can't let Kenneth Walker go past three. So I would pick Kenneth Walker at three. Honestly, I might even take him at two if I was there. Um, I would go with the recent news about Traylon Burks, uh, for Matt, I would go Garrett Wilson. I, the asthma is scary. This is when the OTAs become a bad thing when you're like, is he lazy? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. It just feels safer. Yeah. 
So Mike at five. Mike at five, I go Jameson. Mike at six. I'm going Traylon Burks. And to get Jamison Williams and Traylon Burks would be like, I know we just hated on Traylon Burks, but that's pretty sweet. So, all right, yeah. seven, Brian. Uh, Kenny Pickett. It's, yeah, it's got to be Kenny Pickett for Matt or for Austin. Yeah. yeah. Eight for Mike, I'm going Olave. Yep, no, I agree with that. Nine for Mike, Josh. This is tough. I think yeah. there's like this three. Hurt. It's hard. There's like three or four players who could go at nine. I think one of Dotson, Pickens, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, like those are the kind. Those are the David Bell or David Bell. Yeah, I Mike will go David Bell here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Mike David, will Bell. Go David Bell. Yeah, it's David Bell. Yeah. Gonna say, there's uh, one. There's one person for one nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll go Sky Moore at ten for on good. I think that's a good pick. Nice. Matt. Um, Josh at 2 1. I would go. I would go Watson. Okay. Who's 2 2? Is this Brian? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that you will probably go Desmond Ritter here, Brian. Assuming you took Drake London at two, I think you would not risk Desmond Ritter not being available. So Desmond yeah. Ritter. I haven't put too much thought into that just because I've been so locked in on Pickett at two, but it's it's not a not a bad idea given what we've done so far. Um so what I got Dylan here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would probably go George Pickens. I'm good at two four. I would go James Cook. Yeah. So Brian at two five. I think you take Jahan Dotson here and you don't <coughs> even it's a no brainer. Yeah. Jahan Dotson at the fifteenth pick is pretty round wild. Is pretty yeah. Awesome. I don't yeah. I think there's no way Jahan Dotson falls to two point five. Yeah, I think somebody's gonna swoop him up in the early second, late first. Yeah. Maybe Anga takes him at one ten. That feels like a good spot for him. Yeah, I agree. All right. Who are we going at so two sets? You've got me. I'm the next three you. picks. Um, I would probably say, uh, I don't think we've taken this person, but Damian Pierce mm-hmm. at six. Yeah. All right, Matt, who am I taking at two seven? I would go. Honestly, I'd go Malik Willis. Interesting. Uh, who I would definitely take at 2-8 if he was there would be Rashad White. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, myself at 2-9. Probably looking... Who, who, who? Alec Pierce, probably. I feel like okay. he has uh, the most chances for targets with the wide receivers left on the board. Mm-hmm. Would you have gone done. Malik Willis if he was there on the board, Brian? At 2-9? Yeah. Uh, it depends. If I'd gone Ritter earlier in the draft, probably not. If this was, if I hadn't taken a quarterback, then yeah, probably. Gotcha. But right. yeah. 2-10. 2-10. 
Um, give me. <clears throat> oh, I like two names here. Is this the last one? So we're only going to go to twenty. I'm gonna I'm gonna yep. pick for three one because it's me. We can. I mean, we did these pretty fast, so we could go oh, yeah. further if you guys want to. We can go third round. I would. I would. Uh, if you have three one as well, then I think you go McBride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I probably... a lot of good tight ends. I don't know. Yeah, I mean Trey McBride is a good value pick though at the end of the second. That's I don't true. mind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For three one, um, Jalen Tolbert. Sorry, Mike. Oh, that's right, Matt. <laughs> he was not so gonna excited. fall. He's not he gonna fall so, to three two. It's he was so excited to, to say that. Yeah, I was. I just <laughs> that's the to only know. reason Josh wanted to go to three one. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Honestly, it is. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys want to finish out the third round? I'm happy to do it. Or do you guys want to be yeah. done? We did it yeah. pretty fast. All right. Go ahead, Brian. Who's who's Matt taking it at uh three two? There's a clear uh, player I'm taking at three two. I agree. To me, it's uh Matt Corral. I would have said it's... John Mechie. Who's your clear player, Matt? Isaiah Spiller. Uh no. It is, yeah. But Matt that's Corral fair. was taken. So Boys. that's who you're getting. You're at three three. Are you taking Isaiah Spiller? I'm taking Isaiah Spiller at three three. Okay. Hang away with it. <laughs> At three four, who's three four? Merida. Merida. I love John Mechie at three four. Second round mm-hmm. talent. Yeah, give him give him to me all day. Yeah. Um, three five is what uh, that's Matt, Matt right? Um, mm-hmm. Probably Wandale Robinson. I agree. Yeah. About Wandale. <laughs> who's three six? I don't know the draft order I do. for the rest of the draft. Uh, three six is Mike. I do not agree about Wandale, but that's just me. You don't like Wandale? You wouldn't pick him at three five? That feels like at good three, value. I literally already have Kadarius Tony. Best player available in the third round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give me give me Tyler Al, 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 Algier. Yeah. yeah. Algier. You already have Cordell Patterson. So oh, that's yeah. who you're taking. Freaking. <laughs> Yeah, that's Why true. Why would you not take the other running back, Brian? You literally go, oh, Tommy, go take four cuffs. <laughs> Tell me I'm stupid. Uh, if I am Mike, I am taking Tyler Algier at 3-6. Three, 3-7, six. Three, who is this? Merida. Uh, Merida. Merida. I mean... Probably Zamir White is a fine pick, uh-huh. I think. I'd take a handcuff yeah. at that point. Uh, 3-8, who is that? That's Colin? No, it's Angad, isn't it? Yeah, it's Angad. Um, probably Khalil Shakir. 3-9 is Tommy. No, three nine is Colin. Yep. Um, if I'm Colin. Give me. Uh, I don't know what the dude's first name is, but give me Davis Price on the 49ers. Yep. Oh yeah, the running back. Yep. And then at three ten, I think this is Tommy. I think I'm fine taking Jelani Woods here. Nice. Going tight end. All right. That's a good mock. I like it. It's a little bit different from our other ones. 
Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel better about the like, I think we're, I think that's a good one. I feel like this one's pretty close to where it yeah. actually ends up. I agree. I think that's really accurate. Cool. All right. I think that's all we have. We've been talking for a while. Love talking to you guys. Always good to catch up. Looking forward to doing this again soon. Thanks for joining me on the pod. We got to do the real draft soon. It's about yeah. time. We need IR, dude. I'm not, I'm not using these six draft picks until I know who's going on IR. I don't know. Maybe we should allow illegal rosters or something. I would be more on board for that if we could say like, hey, your roster gets locked. That feels like a, a fair medium to me. I, I, I would agree with that. Because it's like, you know, you can't do anything yeah. until you, like, you know, we're not adding any slots, whatever. Sorry. Yeah. Not to end on a soapbox. We got to, yeah, we, we got to draft soon. I'm getting anxious. Same. Agree. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming. See you guys. En- Thanks for listening. Enjoy, enjoy the summer. Listen, boys. I love it.